How do you get a job when there's a hundred other people applying for the exact same job? Or maybe there's not even a ton of other people applying. It's just you are never the one who wins a job when you apply for it. This is not what we usually talk about on this podcast. This podcast is about entrepreneurship and running your own business. But I've been hiring so much lately. I've seen so many people make crucial mistakes that I just can't take it any longer. I need to do a podcast on how to get a job. Here we go. You're about to be introduced to a group of fly-under-the-radar marketers who you've probably never heard of, living life on their own terms, working from anywhere in the world. While others live to work, we work to live. We reject the status quo, the cubicle, and the morning rush hour. We don't allow a boss to tell us how to live our lives. Instead of waiting until we're old and gray, we're spreading our retirements out over the next 60 years to enjoy the prime years of our lives. We can work from anywhere with a laptop and an internet connection. We do things differently. We work smart instead of hard. We don't trade time for money. We trade results and impact. If you would ask your parents or a college advisor if what we're doing is possible, they'd shake their heads. Yet, we're doing it every day from cafes on the beaches of Bali, mountain chalets in the mountains of Colorado, and jungle apartments in Colombia. And we're making more money than we'd ever make in a full-time job. This podcast is about one question. How do you use the power of marketing to build a life you don't need a vacation from, where you can work from anywhere in the world? If you want the answer, keep listening. If you want it faster, visit christianmartin.org slash podcast. Here's Christian. So a lot of people don't understand what it means to get a job. They think that they can just put their resume in a stack of other resumes and that they stand a fighting chance. And it's just not true. They're just going to get destroyed because like I've said in this podcast before, life is a competition. And if you do things the same way that everybody else does them, you're just going to blend in and be ignored. And we know that in marketing, the worst thing you can do is to be unremarkable because people will ignore you. But it turns out in life, things are much the same. So what happens if you want to get a job? Maybe you don't want to be an entrepreneur. You just want to work for a really cool company. You want to land that dream job. Whatever it is, how do you actually stand a fighting chance? Well, I've been there before. I mean, I've been working with clients for a long time. And I actually have this strong physical aversion to getting a job. I, my body starts to tighten up and seize up and I just can't do it. I just can't take orders from somebody. But once there was this job listing for a really cool company, and I knew kind of who the owner was, and I thought it would be really cool to work for them. But I actually saw that they had listed a job for a marketing manager, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to try and get them as a client instead. It's, it's a little bit different, but they just need help with marketing, so maybe I can land them as a client. I'm not about to have a real job where somebody's telling me what to do all the time. And so what I did was I read their job listing, and based on what they said they wanted, I put together a two-page proposal. Now, note that this is pretty short. It's concise. It's to the point. It's two pages. And it was all the ideas that I had to get them the results that they were after. Because generally, when somebody's hiring, they're looking to either remove some pain or get a result. So I thought, okay, how can I get this person results? And I put together a two-page strategic plan to get them there. So that's part one is landing the interview. How do you land an interview? Step one, submit a plan, not just a resume. Here's a little secret. I'm going to let you in on. When I'm hiring, I do not even look at applicants' resumes until the second round of interviews. 
And so less than 10% of people make it to the second round of interviews. So the chances of me looking at your resume are almost nothing. Okay, I'm not going to look at the resume unless I think I'm about to hire you. And then I might look at it just to, to walk through your employment history a little bit. So step one of landing the interview, submit a plan, not just a resume. That's going to make you stand out. Now, I just hired for a new role and this one guy built a whole custom messenger bot for me and he sent it to me in his application. And so when I clicked on that, it took me through this journey in Messenger, had all these funny gifts. It was like the best part of my day and entertained me to no end. And so this guy immediately stands out. He's proven his skills to me and he definitely gets an interview. So there's so many things that you can do here, but the only thing you don't want to do is just submit a resume. That's, that's not going to get you the interview. So if you struggle to even land interviews, chances are you're not doing anything to make yourself stand out. Put together a plan, submit that with your interview, and you're probably going to land the interview. So what happens next? Well, after I submitted this plan for this job I told you about, it was for a software company and they were based in Asia. And I was actually traveling in Bangkok at the time. I believe I was in Bangkok. Where was I? I think I was actually in Chiang Mai. So I was in Chiang Mai, Thailand, up in the north. And I got, I landed the interview and we scheduled the interview. And I was traveling around with my friend and we were staying in a hotel. And um, I guess she liked to have the blackout curtains closed. And so we went to sleep the night before. I had a, an early interview the next day. I think it was like 9 a.m. It wasn't that early. And I woke up and I checked my phone and it was like 9.30 a.m. And I had slept through the interview. This is something that I never do. And it just horrified me to no end. And I was so embarrassed. And I emailed the guy and I said, hey, like, I'm really sorry. I missed the interview. You know, if you would have it in you to meet with me again, I'd love to. If not, I understand. And he emailed me back and he said, just be honest, why did you miss the interview? And I told him, I said, I slept through it. So not a good start, right? If you're going to hire someone and they told you they slept through the interview, what are you going to think? That person's not going to get the job. So already I'm screwing myself up. But this is the thing about landing a job is it's not that hard if you know what you're doing, which most people do not. Part two, nailing the interview. How do you do it? Well, here's some things you need to know. Interviews for most positions, not all positions, but most if you're not at the C-level, like if you're not an executive or anything like that, most interviews are more about cultural fit and commitment and not as much about skills because skills are some of the only things that can be taught. Most skills these days can be taught for jobs that aren't super complex. So you're not applying to be a surgeon or anything like that. So a lot of jobs, at least for like, you know, 80 grand, 60 grand, 50 grand, 40 grand, those kind of jobs, those are mostly about cultural fit and commitment. So the employer wants to know, are you a fit culturally for the company? Do you fit in? And are you committed to getting results? And like I said, I don't look at resumes. I don't look at skill sets. I just ask people questions until the final round of interviews, then we'll walk through the resume. So all I want to know is, does somebody fit in with the company? Do they believe in our mission? Are they committed to getting results? So what you want to do in nailing the interview is you want to ask questions about the company. Most people are so nervous that they just have to talk about themselves that they're just so focused on what they're going to say. This is a big, big mistake, okay? What you want to do is focus on the company and act like you give a shit. Act like you care about the company. This is what you're... This is what you're being brought on board for, is to get the company results, to take care of their problems. That's what most people don't understand. They think they're being hired for their skills or something. They think it's all about them when it's not. It's about the company. So act like you care. Care about contributing, not just about the job. 
And when you get on that interview, yes, they're going to ask you questions, but you better be asking questions back. You better be asking about the company. You better be asking about the problems they have, what's causing those problems, and what they want to do to solve them. So if you've been in any of my training programs before, you know this sounds an awful lot like doing a consultation with a client because it's exactly the same thing. So I finally got on that interview with this software company. I was in... um, Bangkok the next time, we rescheduled the call. I had flown to Bangkok, and it turns out the next hotel I was in, these are the trials and tribulations of a digital nomad. I didn't have Wi-Fi, and so this was um, maybe in like 2015. It wasn't as easy to have uh, cell service and Wi-Fi everywhere in the world. And I was running around trying to find a coffee shop with good Wi-Fi, ended up buying like one of these single-use Wi-Fi things and getting it working just in time. And so I got on that interview, and I told the guy, I was like, listen, I don't want a job. I'm not about to have a job, um, but, you know, maybe you can be a client. And he was like, well, what's the difference? And I was like, I don't want you telling me what to do. And he was like, I don't care. All I want you to do is solve the problems. And so I said, okay, what problems are you experiencing right now? And then we just went through it and talked about his problems, what he wanted to accomplish. And what I did was that at the end of the call, I just repeated back to him what he had said to me. So... You know, I said, uh, earlier we were talking about how many hours he wanted. Because again, I didn't want a job, so I didn't want it to be about the hours. And he had said to me in the call, I just want someone who will consistently move the company forward every single month. So at the end of the call, I said, listen, I'm not going to be your employee. I'm not going to commit to any sort of hours, but I can consistently move your company forward every single month. And I did that for about four questions, four points. So I'd written these down. I'd written down the exact words that he had used. And all I did at the end was I parroted the words back to him, just like a parrot would do. Literally the exact same words. And this is mostly what marketing and sales is. It's uncovering problems and then just providing a solution to those problems in the same words that your prospect is using. So this guy, he wanted to hire a marketing manager as a full-time employee. And I ended up telling him, I'm not going to commit to any sort of hours with him, but I'm going to help him get the results that he wanted. And the interview went well. And so then I was sitting around waiting to see if I got the job or not, right? So we have part one, landing the interview. Submit a plan. Part two, nail the interview. Be curious about the company and figure out how to solve their problems. Just at the end of the interview, tell them, uh, repeat back what problems they said they have and how you're going to help them. So part one, land the interview. Part two, nail the interview. Part three is post-interview, right? This is where your employer is considering all of the applicants that they have talked to. And by this point, I'll tell you from experience, they're sick of talking to applicants. It's, it's a lot of work. It's, a, it's very draining. It takes a lot of energy. And so when I go through this process, it's been a lot of people, and I really just want to get it done. I want to get the right person in the role doing the right things, and I'm exhausted by the whole thing. But I've talked to so many people that it all kind of starts to blend together. So even though I spend an hour on the phone with this person, I kind of start to forget who is who. Now, this is a big mistake I've seen a lot of people who apply for roles with me making is they don't follow up. There's no follow-up whatsoever. So we might have this great interview. We might hit it off. And then afterwards, I tell them I'll follow up within the next seven days. And they just don't send me anything. This is like having a great first date. And then you never hear from the other person. You kind of start to wonder, like, oh, maybe it was just me who thought the date was great. Maybe the other person doesn't feel the same way. It's the same with hiring somebody for your company. You think, oh, maybe they're not that interested in the position. 
So I have so many people do this where we'll get on an interview, we'll talk for a whole hour or an hour and a half, and they just do not follow up at all. They say goodbye, they never email me, they never contact me again. So what you want to do after the interview is you want to follow up with that company. Um, send them an email, say, thanks for your time. It was really great talking with you. What I learned on the call was you're trying to solve this, this, and this in your company. I think it'd be a great person to do that because of this. So you want to follow up with three ideas you have to take care of their problems or grow the company based on that specific information that you gleaned from the interview. So you can see we have part one, land the interview by submitting a plan. Part two, nail the interview by caring about the company more than yourself. Part three, post-interview, follow up so they remember you and submit a post-interview plan based on what you talked about during that interview. You've just set yourself apart from every other person and you've shown that you cared about actually solving problems and you can see it from your employer's perspective. So always think what's in it for me. That's what everybody's thinking, what's in it for me. So your employer's thinking what's in it for me. So you always want to be thinking what's in it for them. Instead of worrying about like giving the perfect interview, worry about solving problems. So this is the same way we run sales consultations. It's consultative selling, but it doesn't matter if you're getting a client or a job, you're going to use the same process. So this company, the software company I was applying for in Bangkok, uh, I followed up. I gave them my plan based on what we talked about. It was very specific to what they had said on the call. And he chose me over everybody else. And instead of being required to work some number of hours, there was no hourly requirement whatsoever. So what happened? He got what he wanted. He got his position filled. And I got what I wanted, which was a client instead of a job, which just meant that I got to live by my own rules and do things my way and didn't really have to answer to anybody. I got to decide how things were going to get done. So it doesn't matter if you want a job or, or a client. What I've said applies to all of this. Now, here's the craziest part, okay? So I get a ton of applicants for jobs at my company. So many, and very few make it to the final round. But when they do, it's usually because I really like something about that person. I see a lot of potential in them. And it's usually because I see someone who's going to take ownership over some of my problems, which is what I want, because there's just too much to do in a company. A growing company, there's just an infinite amount of things to take care of. There is not enough time to do it all. A business owner just wants to trade money to get his or her time back. That's all they want, okay? They want to get their time back. They're willing to trade money to do that. That's all I try and do is where can I invest money to get my time back and keep the company growing? So a business owner wants someone who will take ownership over their problems. Most applicants, they take absolutely no ownership over the problems of the business. They make it all about them. They're not even curious about the company. So I've had a couple people who... They really weren't a good fit for the position. Maybe we got to the end of it and they actually weren't qualified or somebody else was, was much more qualified. So they didn't get the job. They got a no. But you know what these people did is they, they followed up with me afterwards. They gave me the plan like I just talked about. And then they just gave me a little sample of their work. And they said, here's what I can do for you. And they actually showed me. And so twice now I've hired people who did not get the role they applied for, but I said, hey, I really like you. I think you have a ton of potential. Will you come work for me in this other capacity? And then we just created a role for them because I wanted them to work for my company. So this happens all the time. So even if you're not the best fit for the position, a lot of companies will just create a position for you if they think that you're going to add value to the organization. Because all business owners want to know, let's say that you cost $5,000 a month. Let's say that's your salary. You make 60 grand a year. You want a job that pays 60 grand a year. If you show a business how you're going to make them 100 grand a year and they pay you 60, that means they profit 40 on that. 
they'll create a job for you. They have no problem creating a new role for you if there's a positive ROI in that role. So you just have to show them how you're going to be worth more than you're paid. That's what it ultimately comes down to is money in, money out. So is this investment worth it? So for me, if I think, okay, this person charges this much money, and I think it's going to add this much value to the organization. So it may make a much better experience for the clients. It might make my ads perform better. It might cut costs. It could do any number of things that are going to save me money or time or make me more money. I think I will create a role for this person because it's going to be worth it. It's going to make my company better. So that's happened two times now. And these people are great to work with. And I'm so happy that we were able to find something for them, even though they weren't the right fit for the role. So if you're having trouble finding a job, it's most likely because you don't care about the companies that you're applying to and you're not doing anything to show them that you'll add value to the organization. So landing a job, same thing as landing a client. Okay, and that's how you got to think about it. If you're struggling, just remember, part one, land the interview by submitting a plan. Part two, nail the interview by being curious about the company and ask questions about the problems and how they're trying to get results. And then part three, post-interview, follow up with a specific plan based on what you learned in the interview. Whatever you do, don't include no follow-up whatsoever. And then if you don't get the job, if you're not the right fit for the role, show them how else you can help them and they might just create a role for you. One more thought about that. I've had people reach out to me and say, hey, yeah, do you have any work for me other than this role? And I'll say, well, what can you, like, what do you do? And they'll just keep listing their skills. And I think, well, I don't know how I would use those in my company. Like, what could you do for us? And they'll just, they'll just keep talking about themselves and I just have no idea how to put them to work. And so I don't because it's not clear to me. But if they can show me how they can help me, I will gladly create a role for them. So I hope this helps. Not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Some people just want to go land a job. But just remember, what's in it for them, it's going to make it a lot easier to get jobs. It's honestly not even funny how many times I've done this and you just crush everybody else because nobody's even trying. Nobody's trying. Everybody's just handing in resumes. I don't want to look at resumes. They're the most boring things I've ever looked at in my life. Nobody wants to look at resumes. We just want to know, can this person get the job done? And then I'll check the resume right before I hire them. So remember that. Burn your resume. Stop, stop spending all your time on your resume. Focus on a plan for the company and you'll get the job. If you use this and you get results, send me an email. I want to hear about it. Support at digitalnomad.com. I hope this was helpful and I will talk to you next time. How do you use the power of marketing to build a life you don't need a vacation from where you can work from anywhere in the world? If you want the answer, subscribe to the podcast and leave a review now. If you want it faster, visit christianmartin.org slash podcast. See you next episode.